All right, welcome into episode three of the Sean Salisbury Show on the Believe Network. I'm Adam Sager. He's Sean Salisbury. Just had some breaking news in the NFL we'll get to in just a second. But Sean, I was just thinking about this last 15 minutes or so ago. I saw the Pac-12, first team, second team, put out their teams. And Caleb Williams, quarterback, USC, the kid from Oklahoma that came with Lincoln and Riley, was named first team, rightfully so. He's maybe the best quarterback in the country. And... So my thought process went to where do you rank yourself in quarterbacks at USC? You top 10, you top five, top two. Well, uh, when I left, are you the best? Are you the best? uh, When I left USC, I was the all-time leading passer. And now they're doing that in one year because (laughs) it's a little bit of a different 4,500 yards in one year. (laughs) Segs, I will say this, this may sound arrogant. And I don't mean it that, but I'm just, mm-hmm. you wanted transparency, right? right You're being yeah. serious. You're not dicking around the with real this. thought process. But I, I can put it to you this way, leaving high school and getting recruited there going in. Now I'm not making excuses. Yes. You know, I shredded my knee twice. So I, I yep. missed a lot of games and was still a, I mean, it would have been probably double the yards I had, had I been able to, hadn't I not shredded my knee in two seasons because I was leading the country and passing the first time. Mm-hmm. I could say this, they've never recruited a better athlete or player at the position. And I'm talking Caleb Williams and all of them. Yeah. I could throw it as good as any of them. And I would put my football, basketball, baseball acumen when it comes to playing division one at all three. I, I, I would say I'm as good as they've ever recruited at the position, period. Well, I mean, those, those kids just don't exist that play basketball, right. baseball, football right. anymore. It's, it's ridiculous right. that those kids don't exist, but right. we just don't see much of it anymore. Yeah, we don't. And my dad in my school, high school coach and athletic director, they encourage playing more sports, yeah, right? That's good. And so I, I would, and, and I, I don't mean it, but I was probably, I, I, I would not coming out of high school, like throwing it and all around athlete and quarterback and football knowledge. I, 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 I would have taken a back seat. I was good as they've ever recruited. Yeah. And going there, I felt I was as good as any player at that position they've ever had. Now, leaving, listen, I wouldn't put myself in the top. Like the guy who followed me is, doesn't get enough credit. Rodney Pete was phenomenal. And he, I was, uh, you know, he was the guy after me. So we had become close friends and helped mentor him. His athletic, great baseball player, his athletic. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about, I know quarterbacks, but he could do it all too. Um, I think Carson Palmer is the best deep ball pure thrower we've ever had. Just pure throw. Would you just have him number one if you're just talking yeah, quarterbacks? Yeah, I, I, I would. I, I would. He's he's the first guy. I just gave you now. Matt Leinert was just now. Matt doesn't get he enough won. credit because he was on because he was on a great team. He is yeah. our best winner. Yeah. And Matt was so cagey at getting the ball around. So you know, it's really everybody had a kind of a different skills. I don't. I don't. I mean, my arm and Palmer's arm were probably as strong as you had. Sanchez was a tough grinder. You know, he was really good. I, I, to me, because I was fortunate to see Rodney Pete up close. Like I said, Rodney deserves, to, I, in my opinion, higher. Rodney'd be perfect in this day and age too, because his feet were friggin' mm-hmm. phenomenal, and he could. He, he was an accurate pass for the football, and Rodney was a winner as well. So I put him up there, but the two best, I think. And when I talk about quarterback, we automatically think it's throwing, but just a little bit of everything. You know what I'm saying? Just. Guys who can do so, I think it's Palmer, Sam Darnold. I'm talking about college now, mm-hmm. Sakes, where when right. they left school, you're like, damn. Now, Marinovich was a friggin' stud coming out of high school. People yeah. don't know enough about him because all the stuff he went through. Uh, and, and now, listen, when you go from high school to come from Sanchez and him, I don't want to leave anybody out. Hell, we, 
I mean, the list, we had a bunch of great, well, and they were drafted too. We had a lot of guys drafted. Yeah, Matt Barkley had a nice career. Barkley, yeah. Canada, I mean, I mean, even a guy like John David Booty, who mm-hmm, may not have been right. highly publicized, was a, had a hell of a season and a couple there. So those guys, for mine, just watching just as a lover of football, Rodney's all-around ability, Sam Darnold's off-schedule, like the game against Penn State, you won't find yeah. better games than that in that Rose Bowl, right? But mm-hmm. all around, just slinging it. I'd like to say, like going in, that I would that, that I, I'd like to say my duel with Carson Palmer would have been a great one, right? You know what right. I mean? I, I would I would say that though the best come while while they were there and coming out, I wasn't the best while I was there. Injuries and and all this other stuff, and there's ten of them better. Even though, like I said, I left as the all time leading passer. That lasted until Rodney came along, and Rodney's lasted until the next guy, and yeah. they all got better. Going in though, yeah, I, I and it's not arrogant. It's just I, I don't put myself up against any of them, and I wouldn't have had to take a backseat to one of them in any part of the football or athleticism. But now it's to me it's and Rodney was great, but Carson and Sam when they left, I'm like different type of special in my opinion. Yeah. As far as leaving, this kid's got all that. This kid's got this Caleb Williams now. He's not as pure throwing it as like Carson and his deep ball and all that. Um, and maybe not as polished off schedule. I know that's kind of a, a weird way to say it mm-hmm. to Sam, but we haven't seen enough of him. So I've seen the year of him. Yeah. Hell, I don't know. I mean, this, this guy, you know what I'm saying? This guy's got two years. I mean, what, he's going to be a true sophomore, right? Is it a true mm-hmm. freshman? True sophomore, I think. So we get two more years of him. And he's, he, if he was leaving now in this class, last year's class, he'd been the first pick right. of the draft as a, as a freshman. Easily. And this, so he's, he's, and this class coming up, spectacular. I, I think he's going to be great. I got to see more of him at a USC, but he was phenomenal there. But Carson, Sam, different reasons, Matt Leiner and all those guys. And, and Rodney was really good. But the, Carson Palmer and Sam, were the, in my opinion, coming out were the two guys you're like. They, and Sam's I still think Sam's better than he's shown. I, I really do say. Yeah, I don't know what's happened, but I, I, Carson Palmer would be hard, hard to take that away from him. Big, strong, physical, could rip it, was well-coached, all those things. The guy was special. Yeah, and real quick, I mean, this Malachi Nelson kid coming in next year, the five-star, I mean, he's got every single tool you want in a kid at the quarterback position. But right there at Los Alamitos, yeah. yeah, He'll be be the first quarterback, except for unless he has some sort of injury, but he'll be that first USC quarterback playing in the Big Ten. He'll start that first Big Ten game, you know, in a couple years when they make that move over, and – I mean, he's one of these guys that you talk to a lot of, you see a lot of these rankings experts. They have him over Arch Manning. They have him over the kid going to Tennessee. I mean, they have him number one or number two in that class. And it's, uh, it's just another of a long line of quarterbacks at USC that um, will continue to now, yeah. now into the big but- 10. Right. You know, some real competition for you guys. <laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> you're right. But the one thing, I mean, they're going to have to add a little bit more physicality to making sure because of, you know, those guys yeah. move the line of scrimmage a little bit better. Now, back in the day, we used to move it like crazy when Bruce Matthews and Don right. Bospar and, and, and all those offensive linemen we'd put out. But we got to get back to being physical at the conference. But you're right. This Malachi Nelson from Los Alamitos, which is takes just so you get a geography not far from the Long Beach. It's between okay. Huntington Beach and Long Beach in, in, in the Los Alamitos area. Mm-hmm. So not quite full Orange County and not quite L.A., right? It's just kind of a you, you, when you're heading up the 405 freeway to Los Angeles from San Diego, you're probably 
40 minutes from campus where he is, but I, I know that high school and everything. The kid is a, he's a special player. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll see just another one in the line. And then we've got some grinders from there, like Tim Green, who won a Rose Bowl. He, he replaced me when I blew out my knee left-handed. I mean, you want to talk about tough. Now that sucker would, would fight anybody. And it's, and it, the per, they took on the personality of him in a Rose Bowl and Tim was great. So it just, we, 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 I was lucky, man. There's been, and Segs, there's been a lot of good ones that, that quite frankly, probably if they'd have gone to another school to get a chance, we're playing backup, would have had some, right. some, some really good opportunity, but yeah, we, we've been lucky. Now the thing is to parlay it into like for Sam and when Malachi gets his chance and Caleb gets his chance in the pros to dominate Sundays, right? To, to yeah, dominate it where exactly. Sundays are different. That'd be, that'd be fun to watch. You're right. This kid's special, this Malachi Nelson. And when he's on campus, he's going to be sitting there and say, man, I could be playing at 75 other schools yeah. in the country and I got to wait for this cat, right? This uh, right. Caleb Williams to get done. Yeah, so exactly. It should be fun. Yep. Yeah, it's. I cannot wait for college football to start. We're just, oh. what, a month away or so, and yep. and then it all takes off. And All right, but let's get to something we've been waiting to talk about for a couple weeks now, the second-year quarterbacks in the NFL. We got word today that Shanahan and, and John Lynch sat down with Jimmy Garoppolo and basically told him, we're moving on to Trey Lance. He's right. the guy from now on. Now we'll wait to see what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. Do they keep him as a $25 million backup? Do they trade him to, we talked about last week, the Texans, the Dolphins, the Falcons, some other teams, Seahawks. We'll see what happens there. But let's just start there with Trey Lance. What do you expect? Debo Samuel's in a contract situation. We'll see what happens with him. There's been whispers of maybe a trade because we've seen a lot of big-time wide receivers being traded. But I think he's there, and as of now, he's there. So what do you think? about Trey Lance in this 49er system. And 100% agree with what Joe Seggs on, on uh, Debo Samuel. I think they'd be on crack to trade him. I, I do. I, I, yeah. Unless I got a haul for him that's like haul. Right. I mean, it's just done. And I know P and listen, he hasn't really made much of a peep Seggs until this offseason. You know what I mean? He has, he's been a pretty low-key, do his job but really well and deserves to get paid. I ain't trade. I'm, I'm to the point now I, I, I'm okay with player empowerment, but I'm not just giving away a trade guys that every time yeah, they come to me, they want to trade. I, I just, I'd rather pay Debo Samuel and it'll right. help Trey Lance. I assure you. And say they got a 49er. I mean, they got a Super Bowl roster. Mm-hmm. Hell. And, and of all the second year quarterbacks you're talking about, you know, who's got the best players. He does. Yep. Lance does for others, both on defense, Fred Warner, whether it's Debo Samuel and George Kittle, whether it's Brandon Ayuk who started, as you saw, to come mm-hmm. into his own last year, you know they're going to run it. Hell, Kyle Shanahan's going to run That's it. That's what they that do. Play action. That's exactly And it doesn't right. matter who's back there. It doesn't matter yeah. who's the running back. They just do Ellen what they Mostert do. Mostert was going to be a – yes, Mostert yeah. was going to be a star. Now he's out. And somebody He gets hurt, unfortunately, and yep. then they replace him. And it, it doesn't matter. But it was the way it was like with Mike, his dad. There's certain places that, dude, we're just going to roll you in and we move the pile. They got Trent Williams, who is the best left tackle in football. They, I mean, Easy. they're loaded. So if you're Lance, you're like, I think there's a couple things for me for him to be successful in how I feel. Now, he, his, his mechanics, wind, he's, he's a little long, Segs. That makes sense. Where the, mm-hmm. There's a little more time to get the ball. Now, listen, we're not doubting the dude's got everything. Size, he hasn't played much football. That's number one. Right. He gets a little long in the mechanics, which – slow things down. He's going to have to speed that up. That was one of Jimmy's strengths. He, he, Jimmy got the ball up and out. Jimmy's nowhere near the physical gifts of Trey Lance. More experience. Trey's going to have to see because he's going to have to learn 
it goes fast when you're the starter, not coming off the bench once. I'm talking about now when you're the starter, it is when you're no matter what you do the week before, your butt's back in the seat. We traded a lot for you. going to be great. I love his ability. I need to see more because, well, we haven't seen enough of him, right. but he's set up for success. And I got to know where the mental processing, not because he's not that he can't. I would say the same about Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to say the same about Davis Mills. I'd say the same about uh, your guy, uh, Justin Fields. Second year guys, there's usually quantum leaps. Then the processing. And I think Mac Jones was ahead of all of it, by the way, he was coached by Nick and Sarkeesian yeah. and that group. He just was ahead of the, because they were so all over the place with the way they expanded their play calling. But, and Trey just hasn't played much. You got to see it, but I, I love his gifts. And I think he's set up for success because that's the best. That's a Super Bowl roster. And we got to find out if he's the difference. We saw what happened with golf to Stafford, right? Look at yep. the result. Now, is it going to be Jimmy? And I'm not there because golf had been to a Super Bowl. So would Jimmy. Is it going to be Jimmy to Trey and Trey's that extra to get him over the top? He's going to have to speed up some mechanics and, and processing information, which comes, which is second year guy and normal. Um, and I'm curious to see how he responds. It's the hero syndrome with him that's going to concern me. And I'll tell you why. When you go into a situation like that, say you're replacing a guy who's been to the Super Bowl, we all, the, the thought, even if he doesn't want to have it in his own locker room, outside people can say, well, they've been close. NFC Championship last year, two years before that, NFC Championship in a Super Bowl. And, and he, he's so talented, he does not need to be a hero. His natural skills will take over. He just needs to kind of be simple and then make a few throws that Jimmy couldn't make or right. did not make. So I, I'm high on him, Sigs, but I still tread lightly until I see him get on a roll to watch how he does. And it's only natural for guys with his talent to want to do more than he actually needs to. The natural stuff will take over. I think he's a really good player. That is one of the big questions this offseason. If he's great and, I'm t- and it comes out in a second year and we're like, damn, Look out for the 49ers. The Rams will – that gap will close if he's that good because that's a good roster. Oh, yeah, and you look at it. Who was the last guy that – the last first-round rookie that really got to sit out basically the entire – his rookie year, played in the last game or whatever it was, and then came out and was a monster. It was Patrick oh. Mahomes with the Chiefs, and, and he had the roster around him to win. Well, that's what Trey Lance has – and they're going to be a team to compete in that West that's loaded, but he, if he's ready, which you hope he is, and you hope Kyle Shanahan has him ready, and he's one of the best to do it, that they should be able to take off in that division. You think it's stupid to trade Jimmy? No, if you're giving no, him I, away? I don't. I, I mean, you want him to clear it, the way. One reason, yeah, I say that is first of all, we just talked about Debo Samuel and the contract situation. You move Jimmy, you're saving yourself a boatload of money this year that now you have a rookie in for another three to four years on a rookie deal, you can fit Debo Samuel in very easily and not have to worry about it. And no, you and can even overpay money him can if help you want eggs, right? Yeah. yeah and you, you don't need a rookie. To make sure he's happy. Yeah. Right. You don't need a rookie looking behind at a guy who, like you said, was just in a Super Bowl, just in an NFC championship game. You don't need that guy sitting there. Is it, would it be great to have him? Of course. Of course. Because right. if something happens the second play of the season, you know, we have a guy sitting there that's ready to go win games and take us to the playoffs. But this is where you, it, it's a different time now where young yep. quarterbacks, they don't like having guys sit behind them. They do. They do you know what I'm anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Say, you know what I'm anxious. You make a great point. It leads me to a quick thought of 
if you're Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and that group, you got to see, and they're in a transitional coaching thing, right? Mike McDaniel yep. is, is gone to Miami and they've got, they got some things to replace. You know what I'm anxious to see is didn't, isn't Brian Greasy his quarterback coach? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure Brian's in, in, in San Francisco, right? With yeah. Kyle. I think so. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Cause I think Kyle didn't Brian play with Mike. It wasn't mm-hmm. he a Bronco when Mike Shanahan was a coach. Yep. I think so. There's that connection. And Brian's a smart guy. Uh, Sags two things. I think you're also, if you're Kyle Shanahan, you want to see, although you'd love it to always be success. You got to find out how Trey Lance, like any quarterback deals with success. They'll have some and failure because both are going to hit and both are going to hit early. It just happens with quarterbacks, let alone second year guys. I'm anxious to see because the last time you saw him play extensively, other than a spot for Jimmy, when he came in and had to start again, it, it was a couple of years ago at North Dakota state uh, right. one game before that. So it's a little different, but it's now's the time he, he will have adjusted and he he's got players, a great veteran locker room that can help. Him. I think he's going to be fine. He's really gifted. Well, and, and the good thing for him, for Trey Lance, is he's in year two with the same system. Moving on to right. the number one pick from last year, Trevor Lawrence. They tried the Urban Meyer thing. That didn't work. We've already heard multiple players come out and say uh, Doug Peterson replaces him this year, that Doug is just talking to them like men, not like Urban Meyer did, who, you know, it, I swear, Urban, great coach, great college coach, won a ton, won a bunch of national titles, you know, was good everywhere he's at, but everything we hear about this guy just screams. He's a scumbag when it comes to talking to these kids and these men and these players that he deals with year in, year out. And how much do you think that will help Trevor Lawrence? Just Doug Peterson coming in. He's done this. We've we've seen him succeed in the NFL. How much will that help Trevor Lawrence? I think it's huge. And I also think the collateral damage and the collateral damage that was caused in the previous regime it permeates through a roster. You, you know this. I'm not saying that the guy's got a tough foot up. They're soft. And, you know, some guys do. Some guys some do. can handle. We're at a different age stage. You're right. There's Some guys just don't. I'm not even talking about the quarterbacks or Trevor Lawrence. Just, some guys don't take well to constant berating. You know, with Urban Meyer, and I've, I do, I've done a lot of, whether it's because of my master's degree, and that's a big part of it, but a lot of this, and just having played and watched great leaders in the position that I was fortunate to be around throughout my career, right? And just studying it, that Urban Meyer was a command and control guy. That's like the military, not that there's anything wrong with the military, but here's the way to do it. It's either my way or the highway, and we're going to do it this, you know, that type of leadership. And we're starting to see a lot of these guys, it's like a trust and inspire where you trust your players, you prepare them, inspire them to get better and maximize the building. Urban didn't maximize he maximized Ohio State's building and Florida's right. building. He didn't maximize the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll tell you why it's good. One is you get a guy with Super Bowl experience who's also been through a little controversy in Philly, had the situation, but he had a starter who had one his best year and Wentz ain't sniffed it since. There is. Doug Peterson was with both of them. So yeah. they've seen that, you know, as far as the development. And I, I, anybody that comes out of Andy, and I know Matt and Aggie struggle, but as far as the intelligence of a pro, Doug has been with, who had been with Andy forever, right? I just think that there's a little more calm. And I actually think even though in winning a Super Bowl and then being fired, I think Doug Peterson probably learned a great deal. And I think it's a great challenge. He's got, now I'll tell you what Doug didn't have. While Carson Wentz was talked about it, this is the, the most 
pronounced highest rated, highest drafted guy. I'm sure he's ever, I mean, as far as coaching now, he's been some places. I mean, he's been around, I think Brett Favre in Green Bay as a backup quarterback. Right. He's in McNabb in Philadelphia, I believe, or he, maybe he was even a coach in Green Bay with Andy as an assistant or when he was there, wherever that thing goes. And then he's obviously known Andy from his past and then Kansas city for a minute, I believe before, or when Kansas, he got the Philadelphia job when he left Kansas city. Right. right? So he, he's been around, knows how to coach the position. I think Trevor Lawrence has got great ability. I expect quantum leaps from him. Segs. I expect quantum leaps in the way they approach offense, less archaic, uh, less. And I don't think urban Meyer defined roles in the NFL last year. I don't No. And I think Doug, Doug Peterson will define their play callers roles, including his, there's no way Trevor Lawrence doesn't play better this year in that system with that team. No way. Right. And, and while they'll be better, they went, better. They went into free agency and yeah, they probably overspent on Christian Kirk who got like 19 oh, yeah. million a year. Uh, but I mean, they have Christian Kirk. They have uh, uh, LaVisca Sunal, the, the wide receiver from Colorado, Good from Colorado. Yeah. Yep. They have James Robinson. Who's had a great career as an undrafted free agent. They have Travis Etienne. They have Evan Ingram at tight end. They've got weapons for them. The offensive line is a little lacking, a little scary for a young quarterback, but the weapons are there. And if Trevor Lawrence is as special as we all think he is, then it's time for him to take that step. And didn't they, who did, who they resign say on the offensive line? Was it Cam? Oh yeah. Cam, Cam Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. Cam. Yeah. They signed him and which prevented them from taking an offensive lineman first. And they went and got the edge rusher. Right. Yeah. And so, so that that's where they are. But yeah, I expect quantum leaps from Trevor Lawrence. Cause you and I both know, and he'll go through. I mean, he's got to get to the point where the, you know, the accuracy is up. In the but a lot of that will be, can he set his feet and make plays? And, you know, Sags, even when he was at Clemson, their offense, he made their offense so much better. They weren't overly expansive. They didn't do right. a lot. I'm just telling you, go back. People are going to find out. They didn't do a lot. This kid's still trying to learn. It, it, stick him in Alabama with that, the way they spread oh. it. I mean, people yeah. say, look at Clemson's success yeah but anybody that studies it and knows it and you can even ask like, like a guy like Dan Orlovsky it was very pretty basic you just had a great player that was better than everybody else for the most part Trevor Lawrence I think he'll take it to another level I do I mean I'm excited to see his growth I don't know how much many more wins their team's gonna right. have but you will see at the end of the year they got better and will be more dangerous offensively yeah this is the year kind of like this next guy we're moving to and Zach Wilson where we're not expecting their teams to make the playoffs or, but right. we're expecting to see a jump, a jump from year one to year two, the jets, you know, they have some young weapons on that team that I think Zach Wilson will, will benefit from and, and learn to play with. It's just how much is Zach Wilson going to play more? He, you know, he's got that. I'm just going to kind of do what I do. And we saw it all the time at BYU. I'm gonna run around and just throw it deep and, that doesn't tend to work in the NFL, and I think he's kind of finding that out during his rookie year, and we'll see what that growth is to year two. Great point. I don't want to coach his – of all the quarterbacks who were drafted last year on just raw skill set, thrown it. Your guy Justin Fields is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Zach Wilson ain't far by. You can shot. I'm talking about just on raw – like you say, damn. if we yeah. went to the park and all those guys were playing and we said – Man, who are these dudes throwing the football around in this, in, in, at, the, at the field? We've never seen him before. We'd look at fields at him and say, damn. Because yeah. uh, I can tell you from experience, I was in the BYU field house training a quarterback and spent time talking to Zach Wilson and watching him do it. And I'm like, now, I didn't know it was going to end up being the second pick of the draft. Right. <laughs> but this was like before. And I'm like, 
gosh, dang, this guy, this is before he exploded. I'm like, this kid, the ball, it just, it comes, it's like a good golf or a good hitter. It sounds and comes yeah. off a little different, but doing it from all over, I'm saying, oh, that's it's kind of fun to watch. Right. I think for him, it's the opposite. I ain't worried about off schedule shit I, that he's going to make. I oh, need yeah. him to be more boring. That, yeah. that I, uh, honest to God, I need Zach Wilson to come in. Now we know all the jokes and fun we're having it, that oh, yeah. everybody mm-hmm. loves him more because now he's, you know, that he's, he, he can walk with his shoulder out. Hey, look, it's best friends, mom talk, <laughs> all the fellas, but I'll tell you what, we joke about it, but that kind of stuff, even though whether he did, whether it happened or not, just the perception of it, the fellas in the locker room, like, Oh, you cool bastard. Okay. Hey, whether yeah. you like it or you don't want to say it. Like there's a, I don't hey. know why it's a rallying point, but hey. it's not because maybe he's BYU and like, Whoa, our guy goes out there and it may not say, I don't even know if it's true. None of, right. I, I don't, but I can tell you this perception of it in the locker room where the fellas rally around you, take it. However you can get the rally end of the fellas around you to believe, especially coming after a year when they weren't very good and he was yanking balls in the ground. Now I saw some flashes. He made a throw against the Texans last year. You're like, okay, I get it. I, I know it. But for me, it comes down to simple. He's smart. He is brash. And he, I, I've had conversation with him. He is, he knows he's a good player, but now it's again, he's playing in a tough city. I think Robert Sala is a good football coach. I think Mike LaFleur is going to be really good for him. I personally think, I would go into him and say, dude, listen, I don't need to worry about all the fun stuff you're going to do that I know you can do. Play boring football for me. Right. The 60-yard the, the, the rope will come when you got to throw a hole shot for a win. I get it. Just, just give me some boring football. And if he'll play boring and when people say, what the hell does that mean? It means don't miss the easy stuff that yeah. I'm talking about. I want of all these guys, just play boring. And if Zach plays boring, his natural ability will make the throws, and they too will improve. He, his might be the most glaring improvement if he plays like we may think, Sags, because he, he, we one-eyed him last night. Damn, I know he's better than that. Some of the throws. And then when you see his ability, so if he bores it down and says, you know what, I know I can do that. Now let me just play like a guy who doesn't have a strong arm and doesn't have all those skills. What would I do if I was that guy? Oh, you mean like Drew Brees and hit shallow crossers for 80% and make right. great decisions? and throw on time. If he becomes a boring quarterback this year, you'll see quantum leaps from him too. All right. So then let's move to my guy, Justin Fields with the Chicago bears. Frankly, this is the one I'm most worried about and not due to the player. I think he can be a top five ish quarterback in the NFL with just his skill set. but first year GM, Ryan Poles, first time ever being a GM, Ryan Poles, first year head coach, Matt Eberflus, first time, you know, really running his own offense, Luke Getze coming from Green Bay down as the offensive coordinator. And the weapons, they just aren't there. I mean, Darnell Mooney's a very good, nice wide receiver, probably more of a two, but he's forced to be the one. Byron Pringle, I mean, Velas Jones, who they took in the third round. I don't know what the hell he's going to do when it comes to weapons. They did add to the offensive line the last couple of days just to give them some veterans, but if you're Justin Fields and you're looking at this team and you're saying, I know we're rebuilding, but damn, give me something to throw to besides Darnell Mooney. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. Sakes, not about his ability at all. Right. But it can slow the process down. I have a hunch we're going to be talking about for different skill set reasons. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not mm-hmm. comparing the skills. You know how they're talking about Miami? Mm-hmm. Remember about Tua? I mean, They've had some web, but last year they even had weapons. He got better. You know how they were talking about him coming out of his rookie. You're like, man, 
Wonder what he's going to be like. Not because now Fields has got far more physical skill set. Don't, don't misunderstand. But we're going into the third year. What are we saying? Oh, this is the year we're going to see Tua. Right. If he's going to do something, he bet right. Got weapons, and we expect more. in a different way than Fields because Fields' arm strength and all that. It yeah. physical dude. It's just different oh, yeah. look. But I think the conversation may be similar. Sags, I don't expect the Bears to play real good football this year. No, at no, times no, no. maybe flashes. And I think what happens is I think he's going to bear the burden of being the best player on their offense and feels like he has to throw it, go catch it, and run it too. And that's a tough thing because when you're as gifted as he is, you're not going to say no. You're going to say, let's go, dude. I'll do it all. I did it everywhere from high school, whether it was at Georgia and at a transfer to Ohio State, did it all. I just don't think they have enough weapons to close it. I think you'll see flashes of inaccuracy because he's trying to fit it in windows he shouldn't, no separation. You'll come out of a game and you'll say, you and I will have a conversation on one of these, and you'll say, shit, that guy's going to be a friggin' monster. Oh, yeah, we've seen a few but, throws that last year that were just like, right. holy Dow shit, Jones you don't shit. see yeah, that. Like, remember and, that whole shot know. he threw? Remember that yeah. one down by the goal line he threw up in yep. the hole last year? And it, like a back shoulder down by the goal line. If I can't remember who it was against, you're like, uh, yeah. okay, different. Uh, I just don't think you're going to see enough different this year. Talk to me at this time next year, and I think we'll be having a different conversation. This will be good for him if he can withstand the the the, the, the beatdown. Mental, somebody go beat him up mentally. You know how it goes. We're not mm-hmm. very good. What are we going to do? If he withstands that, Matt Eberflus will have a player on his hands. So let me ask you this. What would you expect from a quarterback, second year, third year, fourth year, even more of a veteran? They don't have that type of roster. You know, they have the Bears type of roster. Right. You're looking right. at the weapons. You're like, man, we're missing that guy. And, and the Bears are missing that guy. What do you expect from a quarterback? Should he, if he is as good as we think he is, if Trevor Lawrence or, you know, Zach Wilson, any of these guys, should he be good enough to say, you know what? I'm that guy that I will take us to the, this win or that win. And yeah, maybe it's not 10 and seven or 11 and six, but you know what? Maybe they win six games because of Justin Fields, just how good he is. Yes. Sags. I'm a, Hey, force through the trees, Sags force through the trees. Meaning for me is, yeah, we may not have won that game, but did you see how he took over in the second half and made all made everybody better? Right. Maximum now the maximum in the building sags may only be a seven. Right. You know what I'm saying? Maximize the building. It's like that kid you go to school with that he's trying his ass off studying all the time, but really he's just he's just not a math guy and he's gonna make a C and that's his A. Does that make sense? I have mm-hmm. maximized and he should be proud of him because he made a C, not because it's a C, but because this kid didn't and like didn't like math, wasn't very good, got a tutor, put all the effort in, and bam, that's a C. So the maximum in the building may be some C talent, segs in certain areas. And you say, well, they've been playing at a D level, and he gets a C-plus out of them. That's growth for me. And hell yes, show me a quarterback, segs that I have to talk to that looks at me and says, I don't want any part of this. Then the truth of the matter is you better part with him. You're not going to be much right. better. You want the guy who says, you know what, see that guy who's a five in the slot? He'll play like a seven this year. But that point, and I'm not demeaning the players. We just know their roster's not as good as hell. Trey Lance's roster, Justin Fields was there. We'd also be saying, okay, look out, right. man. This guy's going to be yeah. great. So, yeah, I think he should cherish it and relish it. But the coaching staff fans got to see the forest through the trees. Pick out moments because you're probably not going to get a lot of extended games this year of them going on a six-game win right. streak. Find moments and see the forest through the trees. Because if, if Fields can, which he will, and maximizes whatever that maximum is, 
even though it may only end up six wins, seven wins, you should take that and think, okay, we're moving forward. It won't be a bad thing down the road. Right now. Okay. Let's go to the, the last guy that was drafted in the first round who had the best rookie season. That's Mac Jones with the new England Patriots. Another guy who his weapons, I just, I don't know. Average. I, they, they, yeah, yeah. They took Tyquan Thornton in the second round towards the end of the second round. And everybody's like, what? I mean, he's got speed, right. but his speed doesn't seem to match Mac Jones. Like it would, it would have been different if the bears took Tyquan Thornton because Justin Fields, what does he do? He throws a great, great deep ball. Mac right. Jones isn't known for that. He's not that guy. Yeah, he can throw it, but he's better doing other Short things. Short to intermediate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Processes it. You bet. So what do you expect from Mac Jones going from year one to year two in a team that still expects to, to fight for a playoff spot? And the other question is, it sounds like Matt Patricia is going to be calling the plays for the offense. So what, you, what do you think you, there? You hit on two simple things. I can make it real simple. Belichick said that the leaps that the, the, the progress is basically alarming. Not to, that's what the mm-hmm. word bill used about Mac Jones. And I believe it now say, cause I know this and talking to a lot of people about him. He may not be the most gifted of the group. Matter of fact, probably when it just comes to raw now he's underrated moving around a little bit, yeah. but on time, watch him throw an anticipate. He's the best anticipator of the group period. He just is. Um, but it catch up to, they need, they, they need more attempts. I want them to step. Don't play defensive offense. I, I need to see expand Mac Jones. He did it at, at Alabama. Mm-hmm. I didn't have those weapons, but expand it and allow him to you to grow with that. That's one. I think you're going to see on an average, he'll be the best of guys that are on. He may be the best of the guys on bad rosters and Davis Mills. We'll talk about him real quick. May, yeah. may also be, cause he's a really good thrower, but I'm concerned about defining a role. Who, I, I, I guess Matt Patricia, maybe Joe Judge, or, and Bill hasn't named one. When you lose Josh McDaniels in the field that they had for each other and he's been there that long, Segs, I think that's one of the big – I'm not really worried about Mac. I think he's going to be fine because he's he gets it. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what – and he really he's only had one full year of starting, so he's kind of raw right. in, his, in, in his development, but really good. I'm concerned about play-calling rhythm. I, I am. And, and, you know, McDaniels has a lot of formations and that. I'm kind of curious to see, are you going to expand and balls to the wall? Or are you going to play defensive offense? If they play defensive offense, you'll see a consistent 15 to 20 guy and do it. But they are going to have to expand because the Buffalo Bills in Miami got better. and The Jets are getting better. Playing it safe is not what you need to do. Mac Jones is better than playing it safe. The yeah, coordinator and, concerns me, no doubt. And it's going to be interesting because we've seen Bill do this year after year where he kind of just like – he doesn't ever go get that guy on offense, but the difference is he always had Tom Brady, you know, right. he always had he a turned Julian into that Edelman that type. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, so those guys, they're, they're not there anymore. And Mac Jones, as much as we want to say, he moves and, and looks a lot like Tom Brady. He's not Tom Brady. <laughs> so it's just, exactly. Eventually that catches up with you. No doubt. All right, and then last but not least, Davis Mills, the only other rookie quarterback that got time last year, and he got a considerable amount of time and actually played very well down there in Houston just for a bad football team. What do you expect from year two? I mean, we talked about it last week, the the, the chance that Jimmy Garoppolo ends up in Houston as maybe getting the chance over a guy like Davis Mills, which in my opinion I wouldn't understand, but we've right. seen crazier things in, in the NFL. And so what do you expect from – 
from Davis Mills in year two under Pep Hamilton now as the OC with Lovey Smith as the head coach. Not a ton of talent, but there is some talent there in Houston. Yeah, Nico Collins is really good, and they yes. expect good things from me. A guy from your school, right, mm-hmm. Michigan? Yep, Michigan, yep. And we know that that, that uh, Cooks is a pro. He just you does know, his thing year in, year out. Pro. Right, so those two things, though, I need more for the tight end position. The unfortunate news about the acute leukemia with John Mechie, who I think is going to be a, a monster. He'd have been a first-round pick if he would have blown out his yeah. knee. So yep. God, God bless him and respect him. I want to get your opinion on Davis Mill. I, I want to ask you something about it from a distance where you are, Sigs. You know, for me, I, the Jimmy Garoppolo thing you made, it would not make sense to me either. We don't need to go over it again, but real quick, it, it, that will tell you all they, if, if they, they bring Jimmy in here, they're telling you all you need to know from their opinion on Davis Mills, which I would think it's better. I think they think more of Davis Mills than the red, than maybe some do. I, I but maybe Nick Casero loves him, but I, I can't imagine. I talked to an insider who didn't believe that, Jimmy, but it could happen that thought that Davis Mills was the guy. Okay, so we'll leave that at that. I, he's a really good thrower of the football sigs. How do you come out in this class this year like he could have, right, mm-hmm. if he stayed in? I, I actually think it would have been between him and Pickett to be that first quarterback taken because he well-coached at Stanford, only started 11 games. He's a really talented kid, and he's really cerebral, but I'll tell you what I, I like about him. He's a really good pure thrower. Is that there's a there's a calm about him he was getting destroyed after that buffalo but to the point of embarrassment like man mm-hmm. that to the point that everybody thought he was the people were just calling him a hack and get him out now and with all the watts and stuff people were just and he stayed the course eggs in the last six weeks he was better than any of them he was yeah. best quarterback of the of all the rookies of any of them so i think he's a good I, I do now he can elevate them i think he's gonna i think he's gonna prove i, I i'm never gonna call some guy some franchise quarterback after 15 starts right but I, I think he can prove they don't need to draft a quarterback in the first five picks next year. I think he's got wow. the, and, and I think I think he's got the ability to prove that now. Back to the forest through the trees. Does four and fifteen? Does four and thirteen mean he sucked? And we got to go get C.J. Stroud. Does four and thirteen mean damn the guy played well, but they had a couple injuries, but I, and he threw for thirty nine hundred yards? Or does not seven and nine or seven and ten mean okay he did it? But if they're picking in the first three picks, eggs, they're probably going to take a quarterback. Does that yeah. make sense? I mean, we four. just we just don't see those seasons. Me and you saw one very up close and personal with Deshaun Watson a few years back. Right. Remember the year right after they traded for Laramie Tunsil? Then they go. What I don't even know if it was three four and thirteen and 12, or four and, and twelve. Five, and he yeah, led the league and in passing. Exactly. We don't see that. And you know, me personally that's what I want to see from Justin Fields. I want to see that big, huge season where right. the team still sucks. They still pick in the top five and they can go take, you know, Will Anderson or something like that. That's what right. I would we got the quarterback. My you go get another stud to help him. Right. Exactly. Agreed. Exactly. So Agreed. that's where, you know, but I don't see that from Davis Mills, but I do see a guy that could go, you know, seven and 10, six and 11 right. and throw for 3,200 yards and maybe 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And, that, and you're kind of like, if they, hmm. good player. But if they, if that's the, if what you just said is the numbers, they'll draft one of those quarterbacks. Cause right. you, you, you don't pass up. If you think there's a franchise guy and you think the other guy's a solid starter, you're going to take the franchise guy. It's just the way it is. So it's almost unfair to Davis Mills because the truth is saying if he was a first round pick, He'd get an extra year. They wouldn't think about yeah. it because they'd want to have the same type of year. You're talking about fields. 
you know, no matter yeah. what he does, guess who the quarterback is in his third year? It's Justin Fields, right? Mm-hmm. For 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 Davis Mills, if he goes out there and plays good but not great, and they're picking, you're like, well, there's Stroud, there's Bryce Young, there's Levis, there's you start looking around, you're like, okay, let's take that guy first. Oh, sorry, Davis, it's just kind of the luck of the draw. But if well, he had that number one in front of it, a first round pick, yeah, he would that would buy him another year. A lot of if pressure t- on him. This if year. you take Davis Mills and take him back a just a decade. He's a first round pick almost every year just because he's got oh, the yeah. big body, the big arm and throw the, it. Yeah. The pocket passer, you know, the, the, everybody's tried to get away from that. We see the Patrick Stanford Mahomes, guy, all that yeah, right. Josh Allen can get out and move Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. We see all these guys now that are so much different than that pure pocket passer that everybody loved in the early two thousands, nineties and before. So, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, how the Texans do, what their thought process is going into next season, because you know, if Lovey Smith is still the coach, say they get the first or second pick and Lovey Smith keeps his job, which I think would be a huge question mark, but just on the track record of the Texans, they love just shooing guys out and going for somebody else. But right. if Lovey stays, he's going to want a shot at Will Anderson <laughs> or yeah, you know, who that, wouldn't exactly. Right. So it, it's just going to be an interesting team to follow in how they do things because in reality, Brandon Cook should be traded at the deadline. In reality, you should probably look to trade Laramie Tunsil and get assets for them because this team is going to be ready up to on him. Exactly. Right. You, you just got a haul for Deshaun Watson. Right. You keep at taking those guys and gaining more assets. Your team in, in two years is going to be legit. Segs, if they were able to pull it off where Davis Mills could prove he's a franchise guy, but they weren't good like we're talking about, mm-hmm. and go get Will Anderson, trade Tunsil for a first rounder, Cooks for a second rounder and a fifth, you know, and all of a sudden you're sitting there with the Y and you're like, okay, well, I'll see you in 2024, 2025. We're going to be pretty damn good. So you're exactly right. So you answered my Davis Mills, how you felt. I'm pulling for the kid because he just kind of, he's kind of lost to the shovel yet. He played really good mm-hmm. on, a, on, on a bad team. So I'm, I'm anxious to see how that works out. Okay, throw this question at you. Who's one quarterback in the league? It could be anybody, not these second-year guys or first-year guys. Mm-hmm. Who's the one guy you're looking at that you're like, I think he could take a step back? And and maybe, you know, we start questioning like, okay, should this guy even be a starter anymore? I know. So I he's a current starter? Right? Yeah, there's there's two guys in mind for me. I want to and they're, and they're veterans, correct? Yeah, yeah, my guys yeah, are veterans. Okay. Um. Just let me go over because I, I let me. Okay, go over. I'll, I'll throw mine out. Just okay. One's very obvious, I think, because it, his team, while they say they're getting better, he's not the guy. We've already seen him traded, and that's Jared Goff. I, I just no things. I don't think I, I don't think it matters what he does. Right. I, I I think I think that now he may keep his job throughout the year, the money and yes, all that for sure. Replacement. I I don't think it matters what he does. When you and I are talking at this time next year or at the latest 24, Jared Goff's not going to be their quarterback. Right. Or they're going to have the replacement ready for yeah. him, is my point. That, that, yeah. yeah, I don't, I, that, that's, that's a, that's a, sto- that's the stone cold no brainer that that conversation's pr- pretty solid. Yeah. And then pretty the solid. other guy I'd throw out there, we got a question on Twitter about him is the guy that everybody says, like, we know what he's going to do, but we also know what he's going to do in the big situations. And that's crapped on his leg. And that's, that's Kirk Cousins. I knew you were going there because he would have been he, when we started going. He hit guys. I said, "Well, I already know who." Another yeah. obvious question mark is is him. Is him now? Two is under 
if Tua goes yeah, out and plays that's... poorly this year, he will not be the quarterback. Yeah. He, that, that, I think that is a, the obvious Darnold Mayfield thing. We, we know mm-hmm. that. Um, I think Tua has, and I, and I, I don't know why all the hate on Tua. There's a lot of it. It's crazy. Uh, but I, I understand the opinion and, and people are, the extremes are so blatant on the guy, right? Tyree Kill thinks he's his act. Now I know because he plays with him. Now he wants to make right. everybody know he's great, but loves him. And then there's some people say, oh, get, get him out now. They'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. somewhere, right? So I, I think he is definitely, if he has an average year, he will not, they will move on, in my opinion. Yeah. If he has a really good year, then and who I'm rooting for, because he's an easy dude to root for th- after being through injuries. I really, I hope he does. But Cousins sits at the top of the list. Segs, I did a little research on him. And I go on with my guy, Dan Barrero, in Minnesota every week mm-hmm. during, you know, th- during the season and sometimes in the offseason. But I, because it's a weird dynamic with him. And it's unfortunate, but fortunate. It's the way it goes that coaches, quarterbacks, and pitchers are the only one that are tied to records for their w- wins and losses or mm-hmm. their fault or their bonus. And it goes part and part. So you chose to play the position. That's the way it is. But we don't ever look at a left tackle and say, Hey man, you're Chicago Bears. Keith Van Horn was 74 and 40 as a left right. tackle in a pro bowler. We just say Van Horn wore people out, was on a great team, and was yeah. a hell of a player, right? We're not going to say it about, you know, we don't say it about Jonathan Ogden. Hey, oh yeah, he, he won a Super Bowl, and, but we don't know his record as, as a right. left tackle. We just know he mauled people. With Kirk Cousins, I think, okay, there's time segs when I'm watching him. And I've seen most of his throws in the league because I got to go on. So I make sure I watch it. Right. Is it's I'm like, you know, he makes some plays. I've told you this and I've called him this to see. I believe he's a stat pattern. I'm not dogging him. I just I think he'd rather take a sack than throw it out of bounds to hurt completion percentage at times. And that's bothered me. Maybe he's getting better at it. But there's this feeling and I'm not the only one who has it. that dude, throw it away. It's okay to take an incompletion for this. But then I watched some of his games last year, Sags, and without him throwing it around, I mean, at the end of the year, here's what I can guarantee you. 4,000-plus yards, around 30 touchdowns, and 60, mid-60s, you'll say, damn, he keeps throwing it. He's an Xbox quarterback. I've called him yeah. that. He will put up the numbers, and at the end of the game, you'll do something that will piss you off, and you'll throw your controller against the wall. That, that's who it is. Yeah. But then I thought, okay, am I, am I dogging him too much? And I, I Sags, I've said he'll never win a Super Bowl. And then there's times I see him and I say, well, am I being fair to the guy? Look at the numbers. But all the metrics and numbers, there's only a handful that really matter to me anyway. But he does. He keeps getting paid because he puts up the numbers and he's a good player. Right. He's a good player. But says, you know what his record? I believe he's got like 20. He's like 22, 22 winning percentage against teams over 500. He's like 10 and 40 yeah. against teams that have a better than 500 good teams. Now, is it just his fault? No, because I've watched him have big games in defense last year. Right. The defense couldn't get off the friggin' field. They were yeah. that wasn't a Mike Zimmer type team. Now with Kevin O'Connell, but they they weren't very good, and they've been known as some really good defensive players, right? So it's not just his fault, but it falls on him because he's the quarterback. And then there's times you say, Why well, throw that ball out of the back of the end zone, dude? Yeah. Throw, throw, throw it out of the back of the end zone. So, and you know what his record is, Sex? I was asking, what do you think about him, man? Okay, he's put up some big numbers. You know what his record is? He's like 59 and 59 as a starter. He's the epitome of average winning, yeah. but against, against good teams. And we've talked about him in prime time and in national televised games. He's he, he doesn't win whether that's him or eight other cats on his team. He's the quarterback. So it falls on him and the head coach. He's like 10 and 40. 
in 20, his winning percentage is like 220. It's under 30% against good teams. The so other thing that the, there. the other thing that kills him, in my opinion, is the fact that you know he got the three year, what a 80 something million dollar fully guaranteed. And they got an extension. Then he got another one. Yeah. So it's just like I think I don't think that helps him at all either because he was he was one of those first ones that really just like you were like, holy crap with that contract. And then everything's exploded since, but he right. was that first guy and it was in Minnesota and they haven't done anything. Sex wasn't O'Connell an assistant with Mike Shanahan when cousins was there, Kevin O'Connell. I think he I was. Believe so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think I think he was there with yeah. that group. Like, yeah. Uh, like McVay, McVay and, and yep. Kyle Shanahan. Yep. I think Kevin, before he went to the right, I think Kevin O'Connell was with him. So there is a relationship there. Now, I don't know if that means a hill of beans when it comes to winning, but maybe O'Connell shifts it a little bit and they start to get a different feeling. Maybe O'Connell realizes this is who he is. I got to play it out one year and I'm going to get me a cat next year. Yeah. I think it is a, it's a Kirk Cousins career will extend. This is a monster year for his starting quarterback future in Minnesota. Here's the problem. They ain't got their future in the building yet. Right. Because the kid from Texas A&M, no offense, you and I, I mean, from like no. two years ago. Kellen he, Mond. He, yeah. He, yeah, Mond ain't going to – that ain't it when no, it comes to your franchise it. quarterback. <laughs> so he's not in the building. So, But guess what? There's a whole bunch of them that are. Oh, and, yeah. And, and so this Cousins, upcoming class we've talked about yeah, is going to be loaded. Deep as hell. Yes. yes. That's exactly I'll right. I'll throw so one more name Cousins, at Cousins you. Cousins is one of them. Yep. Throw one more name at you for this talk, and that's a guy that – maybe shouldn't be starting this year, but he's going to, and they got something for him, but in the Indianapolis coast, that's Carson Wentz in, in Washington. What I, I don't, they drafted Sam Howell, but that was the fifth round. I mean, he was always talked about as like a potential first round guy. They got him late because he wasn't that good last year at UNC. And then they have Taylor Heineke behind him. So there's that guy's not there to replace him. It's Carson Wentz's team again. And you just don't expect anything from them. I'm alarmed at this. And here's, here's the irony. Three years ago, I think it was either three or four years ago, the guy was voted by the players, a top five play. You know how they do their top mm-hmm. 100? He was in the top five. Yeah. And then it started to go south in Philly. And then it obviously, I mean, Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, who Frank was his guy in Philadelphia, they couldn't get rid of him and, and Jim Irsay out of the building yeah. fast enough when the season ended, which tells me, Sigs, because I watched him. And a lot of them, there's still in a bit that's a big, strong guy. Sometimes I feel like he's afraid to pull the trigger. There's a little gun shy to him, I, honestly. And his mechanics get to faltering. Yet you look at his raw, at his at his makeup physically, and you're like, damn, this guy should be. And we've seen the reason he teased this early with that monster MVP type season mm-hmm. before he got hurt. Yeah, right, they won then, a Super Bowl, right? And then he went to hell in a handbasket and been average ever since. And then injuries and the rest of it folds folds and goes goes and wins it. Sags, I, I'll tell you a few things. I'm, and think about this. Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio is defensive coordinator. North Turner's son, Scott Turner, call in the place. You know what's the crazy thing about us? I know this about Ron and Jack. They want tough guy. Yeah. They want a guy who's a monster that's not an excuse maker. That, And so I think part of Carson Wentz's success is going to come winning over the fellas. Because you've heard both. Some say, oh, yeah, I really like him. And others are like, couldn't wait to get him out of the building. Yeah. So I don't know who Carson I really say I've never been. I don't know who he is, man, because it's the 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 extremes of we talk about extreme performances on the field by some the extreme conversation about him. And so it either tells you Washington was desperate as hell 
or that they believe that the, the real Carson Wentz that they saw in Philly is going to show up. There is no quarterback under more in the locker room other than maybe Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. Under more stress slash question marks, maybe better about them as locker room guys and about them as football players than Mayfield and Carson Wentz. And I don't care which way you believe. I'm just telling you in the league this year, Wentz's starting quarterback future depends. We will we'll quit saying, yeah, but the guy's got all these skills. Mm-hmm. If he either loses his team, gets injured in a again. situation where people question <laughs> his toughness. Yep. Or if he's an, I confess it's the other guy's fault. I confess he did it. Wentz has got a lot to those two cats right there. Got a lot to convince of people around on and off the field. I think they're the two that they're, they're the lightning rods in this of like, whoa, wonder what's going to happen. If Wentz goes out and plays well and everybody says, I love him, Washington won't have to mess with it because he's still young enough. I got to see it to believe it because I thought Frank was going to, Frank Reich was going to be perfect for him. Right. And that was a good team. And the last two games of the season, he literally pissed down his leg. It felt like, and they missed the playoffs. They're better yeah. than that. We'll see. Yeah, that was bad. And, and the one thing we've talked about on, on this show and in past shows when we work together, this league with this upcoming class that we just talked about is very deep. The, the class that we just talked about, the five of them and six of them, if you count Davis Mills, is potential guys in this league. The quarterback position is at the best it's been in a long time. And guys like Wentz and Cousins and Goff and maybe Tua, who is still young, so maybe somebody else gives them a shot. But those other guys, it's going to be hard for them to keep starting jobs. And then it's going to be, they're still going to want to get paid as backups. Yeah, Darnold, yep. So, I mean, there's just a lot of guys that this is big seasons for them. And some of them you just don't trust at all. Don't leave your glove on the mound because there's a young dude out there waiting to come out and pick it up. I assure exactly. You. Now let's talk about the old man, Tom Brady. What's he get today? Just before we came and started recording this, he gets Julio Jones. So now he has Mike Evans. He has Chris Godwin. He has Julio Jones. Oh, they signed Russell Gage, who was really good last year for the Falcons. They have Cameron Bray. They have, uh, they signed Kyle Rudolph at tight end. They have, uh Leonard Fournette, Leonard back. Fournette gets in shape right yeah exactly. which I mean we talk about Leonard he Fournette will. being fat every year and then he's always in shape and doing what Leonard right. Fournette does it's not and like a he's a great December and January yeah, right he just does what Leonard Fournette does if he wasn't drafted right. fourth overall we the conversation around Leonard Fournette would be completely different but no doubt your just initial thoughts of Julio Jones joining this offense with Tom Brady and we've seen him struggle to stay healthy with a getting old Matt Ryan and then Ryan Tannehill's offense last year with the Titans initial thoughts. Well, he's probably glad it's not another Ryan's name in a quarterback situation where he right. goes, not that Matt Ryan and Tannehill aren't good players, yeah. but for whatever reason at the, and Matt Ryan gave him a bunch of good years and a lot of oh, big yeah. numbers. He made Julio one good. And a lot of that fell on Julio injured. Mm-hmm. He didn't look, he looked slow and looked like a guy, just a guy last year. Now, when I say it, I walked to my, what a horrible draft, what a horrible trade that was for, for not only for, I mean, for Tennessee, it's yeah. like Atlanta was way out from at when they did it, you say, why is Atlanta doing this? And then you look and say, Oh, after watching him, you're like, that ain't the Julio I'm used to watching. Right. But why now that you told me this? Cause I damn near had Julio left for, Oh, he's not going to ever be the same guy. And now he ends up in Tampa. And what, why do I believe that we're going to have a, rejuvenated career 
that he'll go out and be closer, not Julio in Atlanta, but closer to that and far better than he was if he's healthy than Tennessee, Julio Jones. What a difference a year makes. So, yeah, Tom Brady, what, so somehow, some way, Brady's going to – and Julio are going to – you know you know it's going to happen. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know it's going to happen. So, the Julio that we saw in Tennessee, I doubt it's going to be the Julio we see in Tampa. Plus, he doesn't have to carry the load. Exactly. So I was just gonna say, was there. He could just be the third receiver. Yeah, he can only Fourth. play 50% of the snaps because you have, like I mentioned, you have other guys there that can play those snaps. And what, and, 60 catches? And still exactly. 60 exactly. Catches? Yeah. And, and you just, you know, you use them in situations where he comes in the game and what does he do? He goes deep. So it, it's just, it's a, it's going to be a fun situation. <laughs> and then one last thing we got to talk about. The Kyler Murray extension we talked about the other day. Well, some interesting tidbits came out about it. One saying that he signed in the deal. He has to study for four hours per week. I hope I'm getting this right, which equals out to 40 minutes per day. But he can't be watching TV, messing around on his phone, looking at the internet. He can't be playing Xbox or PS5. He can't be doing anything else. He has to be studying. Did you think you would ever see this in a contract for an NFL starting quarterback that is, remind you, making $230.5 million over five years and getting $160 million guaranteed? How do do I feel about him as a talent, Sags, and a player? You know I love him. Yeah, I think think he's got got a chance to be really good. I do. I think he's got MVP skill set. This is without question. The most embarrassing. Con- now, remember, the, for people who don't, addendum is an add-on. Okay, this is the contract. They're like, oh, let's put this in the contract, an addendum. For instance, if you go sell real estate, and all of a sudden, say, we do a walkthrough, and I say, I want to add this to the contract that they're the the buy the builders. I mean, the the sellers responsible for fixing fixing the back door screens because they're all, or whatever fixing window whatever. Oh, let's add that addendum to a contract. So this is an addendum. It is the most humiliating contract addendum in the history of professional football. This is worse than a, worse than a guy who gets a half a million dollar bonus for not being fat in the offseason. You remember those right. days? <laughs> yeah. Step on a scale. This is even worse than that because basically what it's telling you is you get a guy who's admitted he says, I don't study much film because, well, I got this, this whatever he calls it, that uh, cognitive ability to just make mm-hmm. plays, whatever it is. I don't doubt a skill. Dude, if he's not studying and can make that many plays, the guy's just a physical phenom, right? Right. I'm more worried about this than I am about five, nine and a half than I am about any of it. This is as hum- you as a quarterback and a leader. There can be nothing worse that you'd want to hear when it comes to your game. They can say, dude, you throw it to the wrong guy. You're inaccurate. There's nothing worse than somebody looking you in the face say, you don't prepare. It's a, it's, an, it's a friggin' slap in the face to teammates. The fact that I got to put it in a contract, which should be in the job description, dude. And when they said, when I first read it, I said four hours a week. You mean yeah. four extra hours away from the facility a day? Yes, right. By the t- Listen, he's going to face like coordinators like D'Amico Ryans in San Francisco. That by the time the Sunday game's over and there and you're getting your Monday morning coffee, 
D'Amico Ryans will have already put in five or six hours. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean against guys who are going to defend him? Now, it speaks volumes to just how skilled the dude is. But I, I, I Segs is a teammate. And now here's what happens when you open this can. And as a, as a franchise, shame on you for throwing $230 million at a guy if you had to tell him and warn him to prepare. You think Russ Wilson or Pat Mahomes or Peyton Manning or, or Tom Brady are going to do this? You think you got to tell the, the, a pro right. or even a left guard or a rent to prepare like this as the guy where you're the least prepared guy in the building? You're, you and I are going to talk more and study more tape on the opponent during a week doing what we do that apparently Kyler Murray normally does. So there's, this wasn't by accident. They have seen something that said in his, in his preparation, we got to put this in to cover our ass. That's a, they, and then for them, it's like, dude, you really this stupid that you, that you've got a guy that you have to tell to go prepare. Imagine telling Larry Fitzgerald when he was there, right. Hey, your quarterback's not going to prepare. And now what happens Segs? the first game, he misses a read. If you're the left tackle or the head coach or the offense coordinator, even if it wasn't true, perception is going to be what? Guy didn't prepare this week. Right. Right? The fact that I got to tell my starting quarterback, let alone a backup, that you have to, we're going to put in a contract an addendum to have you prepare to be to, for your day job is a flat ass, is embarrassing, humiliating. It's as heinous as a, as a, as a football indictment. I'm talking about football on the field indictment. I've never heard of anything like it's the worst contract that it's Kyler Murray couldn't have asked for anything. They should have put in there. We're going to give you a car every 15 minutes <laughs> would have been worse than this or pay him 500 million. Right. To have somebody say we have to we basically have to twist your arm to prepare. Kyler Murray should be humiliated. And so should the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Do you think that he. Do, OK, I look at it as the four hours. That's bare minimum. I mean, for me, in oh my, my opinion, I don't know what day, I've never three done. Three hours a day. Exactly. Yes. Like, so just to put in the bare minimum, to me, makes it even more embarrassing than having to put it in in the first place. Right. Had they have said something like, dude, we need you 20 hours a week or 15 hours a week, I, I could say, okay. I'd still say, what the hell do you got to put that in a contract for? This is his job. Right. He's got to, he's got to know what all 22 do every snap. He's got to he's got to maximize the building. You can't be the least prepared mental guy in the building and 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 a game plan prepared. You can't be the least prepared. You got to be the most prepared where you could actually call a game if your coordinator had laryngitis or couldn't get it out of his mouth and you had to call the game yourself. Yet to go into this, yes, it's humiliating enough to put it in. And then that we're all said, did they say four hours a week? Again, remember, Duty? this is 40 minutes per day. Yes, he's not. We have done this podcast lift. longer than yes, he was exactly required right. to study in a day. His teammates are not, the players around the league aren't laughing with him on this. No, or not, at all. Cardinals. not at all. Cardinals, they're laughing at them. Yes. Sags, and here's what happens when you do cut-ups. Do you know how long, you'll, you'll, you'll get, take about four games. You, you usually go back about four games and watch four mm -hmm. games of opponents leading into the next week. you got run game, short yard is in goal line, red zone, red zone, third and six plus, red zone, second and six or less, red zone blitz, what they do at mid, I mean, you talk about the cut-ups of different layers, first mm -hmm. and 10 at midfield, so you're watching cut-ups. It's and a big checklist. Through, you can't get through blitz pickup in 45 minutes. <laughs> I, hey, does God this, bless does this, being, 
explain does this explain kind of his late season fall offs do you do you think that has something to do with it that how else can i look at it throwing stuff different at him because you know what maybe uh, if if the cardinals know other teams know that he's not studying so you're throwing just random shit at him thinking it's gonna like it's gonna mess with him and it clearly does wouldn't you now wouldn't you now say let's be multiple give him a lot of disguises since he's not going to be prepared for it in the first place and, and once you see him a second time, it's like a pitcher or a hitter gets through the third time in a lineup. It's like, okay, I've seen this cutter before. I've seen this. Uh, he likes to 0-2 right. throw me that big-ass hook on the outside and get me to chase. Not this time, son. So when, when you look at this, you, you, well, I'm not sure. Sh- listen, I wasn't in the locker room. I don't know what he put in that week. But that playoff game in the first round, Segs, mm-hmm. that we saw last year, yep. it was a game one, right? The wild card round, yep. that was it. It looked to me like a guy had – zero idea where to go with the football and who was coming. Remember the, in, the, the ball he threw down what was coming out of the end zone, right? Oh, it yeah. looked like a guy who mentally not, not. And when people say this, they get the, they get a mix up of is a guy that no football IQ. That's not the point. The point is the, the dedication to put the time right. in nobody. There isn't, I don't think the Sierra goes on a Cardinals look and saying, well, we don't think your football IQ is high. I think it's saying, we need you to put your football IQ to work. Ex- this is exactly. You don't get I to the NFL when, with right, no football right. IQ. And the, the guy and the guy won like every high school game, but it also right. speaks to he's so gifted. Maybe he just takes for granted that and says, I'll beat you anyway, any way I can, because I've always been able to beat you. But now we're at a time when all those cats are they can, the defensive yeah. end can run you down. Right. Right. So, yeah, Sags, I, I looking at that now, it makes you go, let me revi- re- revisit this. Oh, now I understand why he didn't understand what a four week was because he didn't study. Right. But it, it, there could be nothing more embarrassing heading into training camp and into a season for the team and the player than this. Maybe if you're Tom Brady, a, maybe if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're in year 16 or year 87 for Tom, it, okay, maybe you are good enough. You've seen enough over your years to get away with, you know what? I think I know what they're going to do. And I think what I'm going to do is going to be better than what they're going to do, no matter what it is. So I can do that. Not that those guys ever would, because they're studying their ass off you know, Brady's minute after minute is, after minute after minute. Yeah. Brady's yeah. philosophy will be, I've been in the league 24 years now and I'm probably not. I mean, while he's still playing, he looks physically better than he had when he was right. 25, but his thought process will be, you know what, how do I stay a step ahead? I got to study more. Yeah. Cause they're going to come at me different again this year. He, he'll go the opposite. He'll think the longer I'm in the league, the more I need to stay. Yeah. Maybe if, if, if a physical part drops off, it's a valuable lesson. Let's hope Kyler Murray never, if Kyler Murray, if that's not two and a half to three hours a day, then Kyler Murray, Kyler, he may never reach the potential he wants. And the potential just isn't his ability. The potential is you owe it to your teammates to prepare. This is your friggin' job and you're 230 million worth a leader. You can't. This cannot follow you around, but it will. The first mental mistake he makes, even if it wasn't from lack of study, they're going to hammer him. He's never going to live this down until he wins a Super Bowl. And I tell you one thing, I'm not picking him to win a Super Bowl anytime soon because there's just too much in an NFL season that you have to do that he does not seem dedicated to doing. This ain't a hobby, man. Some they're talented enough. I know he's a baseball guy too. I got news. That position in particular if you don't know what the right guard does on every snap, 
then how are you supposed to know when he dual reads or when you got a blitz pickup or an A gap right. blitz? It's not like somebody has to know one position. You just know what the coverage is. You got to know the coverage. And what if they bring four weak and am I blocking the guy? And how do I direct protection? I got news for you. If somebody can solve that in 40 minutes a week, uh, a day, Segs, then that, that then, then we're talking about a bill, uh, you know, the, the, the genius IQ that you just have a, you can read a 400 pages right. in eight minutes, right? Yeah. That guy. There ain't many of those that guys in the no. league. I got news no. for you. Take some preparation and study. Right. And, and that's what Tom Brady did to become the GOAT. He didn't just, he's not just a beautiful mind type guy that just can go out there and see things as they're happening, slow motion. He worked I mean, his ass off to get there. Yeah, we all can't be beautiful minds or beautiful faces. Say, right. Okay? I mean, some just... of us rely on our, hey, I'm not just a piece of meat, dude. I'm not just a pretty <laughs> yeah. face. There's substance here, okay? Right. Oh, <laughs> and boy. you're like, yeah, sure, sure, Sean. Yeah, I'll just all leave that, that one alone. And, uh, <laughs> that's we'll, a good way to end it. <laughs> yeah, we'll hit on that next week, maybe. Uh, next oh, week, though, no. one thing I do want to talk about, we've seen, we've got at least three, the new term now is hold-ins, not hold-outs anymore, because they actually go to camp and then just sit out so they don't get fined, which is right. just why didn't guys think of that a long time ago? But we got Roquan Smith with the Bears. We got Orlando Brown with the Chiefs. And we got Jesse Bates with the Bengals. Those are the three I've seen. Maybe there's some others. But I want to get your take on, you know, each position because each guy plays right. a different position. Maybe two positions in safety and linebacker that maybe those guys don't deserve the money that they're getting. And, and teams are noticing that. And they're kind of uh, waiting to see what happens there. So who's going to play but, hardball these days, right? As an organization, yeah. not just the player. I agree. Exactly. So we'll talk about that. We're going to probably record Thursday, get it out Thursday night or Friday morning, uh, depending on when we can record and episode three, it's done. Dude, this was a good long podcast, but there's some, we had to cover a lot of this, man. Yeah. We, we of, did. It was great we, stuff by you, man. So thank we've you. hit quarterback talks hard these first few weeks. And the other thing real quick, it's July, what, 26th? 6th. We still don't have a damn answer on Deshaun Watson. When yeah. is this coming? Like, camp started wow. now. I mean, hey, uh, I don't know what to think. I don't know if it's they're just waiting to say, sorry, Browns, he's out for the year, or what's going on. Or yeah, if it's, it's either coming reverse. really harsh. Yeah, coming really harsh or really, uh, or really uh, small. Yeah, they're waiting uh, for right? all teams to get into camp to say, so there's a lot of news flying around that they can slide in. Oh, he's only going to get four games. Can I can and I give them a piece of advice? Yeah. There ain't no day, any time exactly. of day you no. release the Deshaun Watson news that it's just a, just a, hey, yeah. let's see if we can slip this by a few people. That ain't happening with this in this situation. But I love they may be crazy enough to think that, Sags. I love when I hear the term Friday news dump. Those don't exist anymore. That's not no. a thing. No. So Plus it'll be I mean, out by somebody on Twitter before they dump it on Friday anyway. Exactly. So there you go. Some exactly. insider already have it, right? There you go. All right. Well, that'll be it for this episode three of the Sean Salisbury Show. He's Sean. I'm Adam. We'll be back later this week with another episode. And you can find these now on YouTube. We'll be tweeting out the links to the video and obviously the audio, which you can find on all the platforms, including believe.com. All right, that's it, Sean. Thanks. Have a good one. Great stuff, Sex. Appreciate you, brother. Awesome. Thank you. All right, see you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.